Welcome to the Texan Connection with your hosts, Dr. Jeff Springer, Marty Silverman, and Dr. Daryl Porter. We hope you enjoy. So Marty, let's talk. What uh, what's our topic tonight? So you know, I was thinking, Daryl. We are and Jeff. We are here in hiring season right now. This is a time when lots of moves are happening. Lots of people are um, finding new jobs, looking for new opportunities, and I, I got me to thinking about the value and the worth of experience. And as a some one of my favorite people in the world uh, has recently said, uh, "Does the size of experience matter?" And so, I, I what I wanted to talk about tonight with you guys was, um, as people are looking for leadership positions, or you know, we can say for any position, are does their experience matter in their ability to? Uh, do a good job at something in a leadership capacity. Uh, we'll use that as our example since we talk a lot about leadership. I'm excited about this topic because any any conversation about leadership, um, it, you know, ex excites me. And as you mentioned, we are in this season. It is the season uh, whether we are interviewing or uh, the interviewer. Um, depending on what side of the table you're on, it, it is a season. And so what, so I, I'm kind of curious to this illustrious panel as the interviewer, uh, and I know it depends on the level or the position, but what do you, what are you look? what are you looking for as a former principal and as a current principal, um, it just in general, what kinds of experiences or yeah. uh, resume type, um, you know, bullets are you looking for? I'd like to take this one first. And it used to be pinned. I used to say I used to this used to be one of my sayings that was pinned on the top of my Twitter feed. And it was essentially talking to teachers. And I'm glad you asked this question, Jeff, because I was going to say it anyways. I'm looking for somebody as a high school principal. I'm looking for teachers who are in the profession to teach students and not solely their content or their subject area. We can find people that want to teach science, right? But I need people that want to teach students because there are many aspects to education. We all know this. It's exhausting. It, it takes up so much time. It takes up so much emotional uh, understanding that if you're not truly in it to teach students, then, then you're not necessarily going to be successful. Uh, Marty, I think that elementary teachers do a better job at this than high school teachers. What are your thoughts? Well, elementary is, that, that's a very good point. And I would, I would agree with that quote you know, 100% as an elementary principal as well, because in elementary, what I say all the time is just that, you know, teachers in elementary teach students, while teachers in secondary tend to teach 
content. They teach their subject. In other words, they, uh, an elementary teacher will say, you know, I'm a fourth grade teacher. Uh, you know, I, I teach kindergarten. Whereas a secondary teacher will say, I'm an English teacher. I teach, you know, I teach English. And so it's a little bit different uh, focus because when you are a fourth grade teacher, you're teaching, you know, potentially every subject at my school, all the teachers are self-contained. And so they do teach all the subjects and their focus is on the group of students that are with them all the time and getting them, you know, uh, to be successful. And so I would agree with that a lot. And, you know, when, when we talk about experience, uh, as somebody wants to either become a teacher, uh, or I guess we'll talk in a little bit about becoming a leader, what, what is our expectation? Because, you know, there, there used to be, and even the way our pay structure works, there is a, um, there's a pay structure that values experience over just like hanging in there over over necessarily your quality there's no um, quality standard to to our pay scale it's all you know when i do another year i move up so it appears that we value number of years experience over necessarily what people are able to do yeah, I think the state of Texas is looking to change that. I agree, Marty. There is a, a pay structure that is that step structure, right? So uh, a zero-year teacher obviously doesn't make as much as a 20-year teacher, but um, the state of Texas, and I think other states do this as well with this teacher incentive allotment. Um, if you're a listener and you're not familiar with this, it is just a... a I guess, a, a system that allows districts to track measurably um, based on teacher observation growth, based on student growth. And really, those are the two requirements. You can throw in other requirements, leadership capabilities or whatever. And they tier these teachers and, and potentially teachers are able to make up to $100,000. Um so there are systems like that in place, but for the most part, it is kind of a seniority system. Jeff? Yeah, I, I, I love that quote. Um, again, uh, to reiterate that, you know, that we are, we, you know, we are looking for teachers, uh, educators, period, that are, that put the children first. Um, and oh, by the way, I am an English teacher, you know, it, you know, or whatever. I am not my subject. I am a teacher. Um, I'm not all about my discipline, although being uh, passionate about what you teach becomes contagious. Right. And that's, and so we do want, we do, you know, as, as we get back to my original question about what is it we are looking for in an interview, we, I love to hear teachers talk about their love for learning and, and teaching and what they teach, but um, more, but also more about how they reach students and not, and, and so forth and how, what are the strategies and, and those kind of things and how they create a culture, you know, that's risk-free and so forth. Um, you know, what always impressed me about teachers um that I would consider bringing into our building would be, 
I love to hear about what they do or what they want to do or what they've done outside the classroom. You know, I'm, I look for campus people, you know, not just class, just, just, just not just I am my classroom, but I'm, you know, that I'm part of this larger picture, you know, that I want to be part of the, the whole campus wide, you know, and, and, you know, whether they sponsor, you know, clubs or organizations or, you know, participate on district wide, you know, committees to work on the school overall, those kind of things. I, I love to hear those kind of things and see those kind of things. And before I, I turn it over, Marty, I was just going to say, you know, I, I want to, I want to defend some of the secondary teachers because there are teachers out there that secondary teachers that are listening that are exactly the same type of teacher you're talking about, you know, the, in elementary, um, Many of the teachers that I hired, I loved hiring, uh, stealing teachers from the elementary and junior high because they were, though, over, overall uh, more nurturing, you know, and more and, and sometimes more willing to, um, you know, to to, um, you know, be flexible in their teaching styles. So. So, Jeff, speaking of that, is there we'll, – we'll just kind of get into it, right? So, so you've got all kinds of different teachers. We're, 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 rec- we're recognizing you've got different, different styles of teaching. You've got different styles of, of delivering methods, uh, which ultimately can translate. But there's different styles of leadership. So I guess the question then goes to – that I'm going to put it out to both of you – is there a, a certain amount of time that anybody mo- trying to move up into a, a different position, a, 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 a larger position, is there a certain amount of time set that they need to participate in their current position in order to move up? For, for example, uh, does it necessarily take someone three years of teaching or should it take someone three years of teaching to be able to move to the AP role and then three years of AP role to move into the principal role and three years of principal role to move into a central office role. Is there a time limit on that? Marty, you want to take this one first? Do you want me to go? Yes, um, I do, because I think that is a great question, Daryl. And uh, I think that's the essence of what uh, I wanted to talk about uh, with you guys this evening, and that is just that. You know, we when you look at any posting for a position that is beyond a classroom teacher, there is almost always, and maybe always, a requirement of a certain number of years having taught before you can move on to blank. So like, I, and I don't know how that works in schools that have, you know, when you had department chairs, or if that was part of that, I'm talking about postings, I guess, that I've seen. So if you want to become an assistant principal, you had to have taught for a certain number of years. And I know you also need that for your certification. So, I mean, I know that's part of that as well. But but is that is the number of years that you have taught part of the equation? Because, you know, I, my, I'm going to ask that question and then answer that question and say, I don't know that that I believe that the number of years that you've taught has anything to do with your potential effectiveness in a role beyond the classroom. 
I think that people who are, uh, you know, smart and capable and willing and, um, you know, good communicators and, and all of those qualities can be somebody who's, you know, fresh off the blocks or, or it could be somebody who has had a ton of experience. I don't think it is, I don't think it is that experience that makes you effective. Yeah, Marty, I, I'm, I am almost a hundred percent with you. I think with just some qualifications qualifiers, I think there has to be, um, you know, I, I've see, I, I see postings that say preferred, you know, a number of years or something or preferred degree or preferred experience. And I, and I actually, I prefer that versus some mandated, you know, but I, I do think there is a, some, type of middle ground. For instance, if I was looking for an assistant principal, you know, um, first of all, there's a lot of variables. It depends on that individual's strengths and what our needs are. Uh, it depends on, um, because that person with less experience may be perfect based on what our school needs at the time or the role that we want to you know, insert that person in. So I think there's a lot of moving parts, but I do think there's kind of, a, there, there could, for the sake of the professional and they are professionals and I don't really look at it as moving up. I just moving into a new position from uh, the classroom to administration or administration to, you know, campus to central or whatever the situation is. Um, but I do think, I think for the benefit of the, uh, professional, they do need a baseline of experience, you know, it, to get to. And so whether that's um, three years, you know, uh, I don't think it needs to be much more than that. I think if I was looking for an assistant principal and I had, you know, all things were equal and somebody had maybe six or seven years of classroom experience and maybe they've, you know, uh, and another one maybe is only in their second year or something like that. I, you know, that might be the, the, you know, then I'd have to look at the individual job description and what is, again, go back to that original point of what exactly are we looking for? What's our team need, you know, and that, that kind of thing. I think we get locked. Don't you think we get locked in on some of those things versus taking, uh, taking a look at what our, what our, uh, you know, the chemistry of the team, the, 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 the strengths of the team, what, what the team needs, et cetera. So have you ever heard of a guy named Mike Leach? The pirate? The pirate. Oh, yeah. So the pirate was um, the head football coach at Texas Tech, is is currently the head football coach. Where is it, Ole Miss now? Is he at Ole Miss? He's at or Mississippi State, I'm sorry. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. So he was at Washington State. And then is now at Mississippi State. Um, so he has led some pretty great football programs, right? Some pretty prominent football programs. Of course, he is a character. He he is somebody that the media likes, and so he gets a lot of attention that way. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jeff and Marty, he's never he's never played college football, and uh, the head coach that was the defensive coordinator when I was in college, never played, he was an engineer, right? So he never played college football, but that doesn't mean that, and I'm going, I, I know I'm going one extreme that 
they've got necessarily no experience quote, but what I'm saying is that I think you're right, Jeff, that, that sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves because it's what we've always done and it makes us feel comfortable. And we can always point back to say, if something goes wrong or if something goes right, that what well, we hired based on this criteria and that criteria is that he's got experiences. So one, one thing that I think um, educators and education in general fails to do when it comes to hiring practices is truly take risks and truly in and, and calculated risks, but, but truly take risks. Um, seeing, seeing potential leaders for who they can be um, and, and who they are and how they can really fit into the organization based on their personality, based on their leadership style, not based on seniority or years of experience. So I want to hop in on that, Daryl, because I think what you said is exactly accurate, but I want to, I do want to go back to this. So typically though, when people are looking for a position, what you, what you described was um, maybe something less measurable right? So I can measure years experience. I can say, you know, I can look at your service record and know how many years experience you have. I, I can only use my opinion to say, if I either believe you have been, for example, innovative, if that's what we're looking for, or if you've been, uh, or if you have the potential to be innovative, maybe based on some things you've done. And so that's a lot more difficult to quantify. It may even be impossible to quantify. And so and so I guess that goes down to the essence of of what I was trying to bring up because having experience doesn't necessarily make you better uh, for a position than somebody who has no experience. Um but yet typically we use years of experience as one of the criteria. And so I guess what I'm saying is I believe that to be arbitrary. I believe that to be um, not necessarily based on what it is that we're looking for, because Jeff, you said earlier, and I agree with you, that you look for somebody to fill a place on a team. You know, you the, the leader looks at uh, the you know the makeup of the whole team, and they say, "This is what we need for this team." Well, that person could have twenty years experience, or could have um, one year experience, and but. You know, the the other side of that is, so you, I'm going to put this to you. So both of you have been school administrators, and obviously I am as well. If you hire somebody for a leadership role that has fewer, much fewer years experience, do people in the organization um, have some suspicion about their uh, capability? Or, or is it that they say, well, you know, because I've heard this, uh, said before, well, you know, this this person doesn't know. They haven't been a teacher. And, you know, you gave a great example, Daryl, of the, of the football coaches that uh, have not been football players. Uh, you know, I have a, a, an expression that I use all the time. You don't have to be a woman to be a gynecologist. You know, there are, you cannot have done the thing and still be good at the thing. Do you like that one? 
I will say this about going, and I know this is not about uh, football, Marty, but I will go back to you, Daryl. It's not, it's not that uh, Mike Leach never threw a football, uh, never played football. He just didn't play college football. I'm sure some, you know, or, you know, so, so I, so I guess there's still, you know, some experience. I mean, there's even a few NFL coaches that never played NFL, but they played at some level, you know, which is, which is some, some, somewhat, somewhat different. There's still, you're still able to have access to, to some type of experience and study and so forth and be and immerse yourself. And there's a lot of other peripheral roles that you can play. I mean, you can be in the locker room and glean. Now there's a lot of GAs that, that do a lot of uh, uh, towel washing and locker room cleanup, but they're, but they're immersed in that atmosphere and they, and they have, and they uh, soak it up and maybe they never play it down a football, but they, but their mentor was Rick Leach, you know, or somebody like, you know, somebody, somebody like that one day that they can emulate, you know, um, you know, I don't look at, here's what the balance for me is on years of experience is not, not how long you've done it, but what you did while you were there, you know? So, so that tells me the story. I mean, what, you know, what is it that you have done, whether it was three years or whether it's 20 years, you know, that we have a lot of teachers that have taught for 20 years and it's like their first year every year, you know, they've done 21 years. So Jeff, I want to interject here because you bring up exactly a point that I want to make, which is, which is does does having been a teacher make you a better administrator when we talk about the jobs that we do as administrators do you do you have to have taught at all in order to be a good school leader i i'm going to say yes and no okay i'm going to say no because it's there are places where it's been done I mean, I mean, I know, I know a superintendent who's was very good at what the superintendent did at that level was never a classroom teacher. Um, now, and I'm not going to divulge what position that person uh, filled in the world of education because that because it's so it's so rare that it, you know, I don't want that diminish this person's uh, expert, you know, her, um, she's, she's an amazing educator, despite that. And there, and I, and I've seen, I have, I have seen where that just, you know, in, in maybe charter or private school uh, or other, maybe other States where they don't have really kind of the, the minimal, uh, you know, three year. Um, so it can be done. I mean, we know there are prodigies out there. We know they're in all careers, you know, we know that there are people that fast track and, um, but, but for the majority, again, I go back to the, 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 the person is going to have a long career and work a lot of years and, and I think part of their repertoire or their part of their foundation is um, 
that experience in a classroom because it's going to legitimize them when they become in the eyes of teachers when they become an administrator. So I made a face at that, and it wasn't because I disagree with that, but but you just made a great point, which is it legitimizes them in the eyes of a teacher. However, the job of a superintendent, the job of a principal, and the job of a teacher use completely different, in my opinion, use completely different skill sets. Yeah, well, there's everybody has a different job description, but we're all in the people business, and, it, and it's you know it's all. Um, it's all geared together. You know, I will say this, if we go back to the football analogy, so I became a head coach without being an offensive or defense coordinator. But would I have been a better head coach if I had experienced uh, being an offensive or defense coordinator? Would I have added a few more tools to my toolbox before I got to the head coaching position? Let me, let me also just say this. I, this is way before Daryl's time. He, he can look it up on, on Google or whatever it's called. It was a TV show. Actually, honestly, Marty, it was before your time and my time called Father Knows Best. Okay. Well, let me just tell you this. When we're young, sometimes we don't think Father Knows Best. And when I was a young administrator in a large district, um, I was an assistant principal for four years. And... Um, an associate principal for five thinking that being the associate principal was training for being the principalship at the high school level. I hadn't been at the junior high level in 20 something years, but that district wanted me before I had a high school, they wanted me to have my own building at the middle school at the junior high before. And then prove that I could do it there before I did it at the high school. And so if they did not have, if they did not uh, uh, have had that type of uh, formula, then I probably would have never left the district for the principalship that I had for 14 years. And, um, and yeah. in hindsight, I didn't understand because I thought I was ready. And in reality, in reality, truthfully, I probably wasn't. Yeah. So in, in that case, for that short amount of time, father may have known best. However, I would say that the, the, at the point to be a leader, Sometimes you've got to do things that that stretch you out of your comfort zone that you're not necessarily ready for. I don't know if there's any way that anybody can be prepared for that principalship prior to taking on a principalship. Now, I can see the steps in elementary, you got a smaller school and then you get to a larger school and then you get to a larger school. Um, but I, I mean, in, in, in hindsight, elementary doesn't deal with UIL so that, you know, there, there's another layer that you're not going to learn until you sit in the high school position. Um, elementary doesn't have as many extracurriculars. So there's another layer that you're going to have to figure out why you're in the high school. Um, I get the reasoning for that. Now, Marty, you made a point and then I think we are, we're, we are running, uh, out of time, but Marty, you made a point earlier 
that I want to go back and hit as far as, you know, uh, being the, the different qualities and the different job descriptions of a teacher and a principal. Um, they're, they're, they're very different. I would say those two are more similar than principal to central office. And here's why, because that campus leadership is focused in on, or should be focused in on, in my opinion, instructional leadership, right? Growing classroom instruction, growing, growing opportunities for students to learn. That's not necessarily the case for all central office positions. And and the central office workers are not necessarily, and there's a different leadership style. Um, there's a different pace. There is a different um, mindset from from principal to central office, where where the pace is kind of the same from teacher to principal. The instructional focus is kind of the same from teacher to principal. Um, so so yeah, there there but. Ultimately, I mean, I've said it on a on a different episode. There, there, they are two different job descriptions. And while the teachers, so do you need to have been a principal to be a central office administrator, Daryl? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying absolutely the opposite is is what I'm saying. I'm saying that you don't have to have been even a teacher to be a central office administrator. Um, I think. I think Do you that, have to have been a teacher to be a principal. I don't think you have to. I think it helps with the the understanding of instructional leadership. I think you have to have a background in instruction, and I think you have to have a background in education to be a a. Um, I'm not going to say to be a principal. I'm going to say to be an effective. Yeah, I, principal. yeah, I think that. I honestly, I think we're. I think it's it's not requirement, but I think that it would be the majority of, of staff members would say he's never even been in the classroom. <laughs> he never stepped foot in the classroom. He's yeah. never taught a class before. And he's telling us, you know, as the instructional leader, um, I, again, I think it it's, you know, let's face it. There's a lot of teenage dads out there that end up being good dads, but you can be probably a, a chances are you're going to be a better dad if you're a few years older, you know, and what happens with being a few years older, maybe I'm not, I mean, not across the board, but ch- percentage wise, uh, just, you know, the odds are with you, the more experience you have in that. And so, so um, again, I go back to that word legitimate, you know, you know, to uh, be just like a classroom teacher, you know, we, we're trying to, we're looking for volunteer learners every day as a classroom teacher. And how do we do that? The kids see us as legitimate. You know, how, how do we do that? Because we show them we care and we love them, you know, and, and as we talked about at the very beginning, you know, you know, looking for teachers that put kids first and, and then those, then what happens? Those kids want to learn because they don't want to disappoint, you know, and and hopefully uh, we do that every day. They want to learn not just for their teacher; they want to learn for themselves. But 
But I think that that whole process is, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we, you know, there's some places where you just turn this whole thing upside down and completely transform education. And then we, you know what they call that, they call that a business, you know, and that's called the, you know, the real world, you know, that's, that's the corporate world. And, but even in the corporate world, there's ladders, you know, and, um, you know, but, but again, I think you just set people up and I think that's what a lot, honestly, I think that's what a lot of school districts and systems, I, I, you know, to give, uh, you know, just to give them a little bit of credit. I think they don't want to put people in positions, um, where they're going to, you know, fail. They want to set them up for success. And, um, so again, I, I go back to my original thing not experience necessarily, but what you do with the experience and the time that you, you had, you know, how many, what do we say? I can't tell you how many times somebody said, well, how many years were you in it? You know, one of the first things that we say is 34 years of education. And so, so automatically, is that supposed to tell everybody that I was just because I'd served 34 years in education made, you know, does that, that without any other accolades or resume, you know, builders, is that enough for people to say, wow, he might, he endured, he, other than it, he endured 34 years, you know, I mean, in prison system is, you know, yeah. you know, sentences longer than that, you know, so, um, is it, so, I, so that to the point of, I think we, I think we all agree that the number of years does not necessarily, uh, mean that the person is more qualified. I can agree, uh, with that. Jeff, let's, uh, let's end it. How do we how do we always end our episodes? We end it, and you know, this is one of my favorite parts. We end it with a Texas two-step, man. And so tell, we, us, tell us about it. The Texas two-step. Come on, man. We take two slow steps, which we pause and we reflect. You know, sometimes we just want to run into that building. Uh, you know, but we need to take those two slow steps, pause and listen to what we heard and reflect. And then, you know, we get passionate about. Uh, the things that we've talked about and we, we take off and we do those, those two quick steps. So the Texas two step, we hope, we hope that our conversation, I hope we, our goal is that you hear one thing, at least one thing that resonates with you or um, get you, you know, get you kind of maybe stoked a little bit. Maybe you want to, maybe there's something we said that, that kind of lights a fire and saying, you know, I wish I had was, you know, could comment. Well, we want you to. And we want you to subscribe and share. And how do we do that, Daryl? Yeah, go to our social media sites. We've got multiple. The easiest social media site that you can go to is our Facebook. Just go and look on the Texan Connection. If you would like to follow our Instagram, our Instagram is at the Texas, I'm sorry, at the Texan connection. And that's the same for our Twitter. So you are able to follow us social media or you can email us the Texan connection three at gmail.com. Marty closing thoughts. Well, I just want to tell you, uh, you know, as always, boys, this is one of the highlights of my week discussing uh, these issues, how we uh, celebrate our similarities and explore our differences is a huge part of 
uh, you know, my professional growth and I hope the professional growth of others. And of course, uh, my personal connection to the two of you who I uh, love and admire. And uh, speaking of loving and admiring, I am looking at the 775 people who follow the Texan Connection on Facebook, but only 773 still that like us. And so, uh, you know, as always, we're still looking for the two of you that are followers, but not likers, uh, because we will, we would love to be universally liked. And so uh, we want the two of you to step up and, and like us for sure. Um, I, I do want to just a yeah. closing thought uh, about experience. Um, I, I do want to, to any listeners out there that are uh, aspiring to become something other than what they are in the education world, I want them to know that there are people out there like me who would love to uh, have you build your skills and um, demonstrate your skills no matter how many years experience you have. Uh, we are all about professional growth and personal growth. And and don't let uh, your years of experience be what keeps you from uh, aspiring to get to the next level. That's right. Amen. That's great. That's a great word, Marty. And that's a, that's a great message to end on. So with that, we hope you feel encouraged today. We hope that you feel um, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, if you are in that place as we start, as we are landing the plane, um, hoping that many of you are on summer break. If you're an educator um, or if you're not hoping that you are finding some sort of uh, relaxation. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening. We hope you subscribe and share with all of your friends and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Texan Connection. If you like this episode, please subscribe and share with all of your friends.